pray with me, church. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you reign today. There is none beside you. There is no God except for you. You're on the throne. Nobody had to vote you in. Nobody can impeach you. Nobody can remove you. You are King of kings. You are Lord of lords forever. And we come to worship you today. We have that privilege. We have that blessing, God. God, we don't come here today as a religious people. And Lord, if we do, God, help us to repent of a religious spirit. We don't come here today out of habit, I pray. We don't come here today because it's something that mom and dad did and grandma and grandpa did. And it's just something that our culture does in this area, God. We don't want to be here today because of that. Lord, we want to be here because we know Jesus. And we love him and we want to exalt his name. Father, I pray that we would not be like the little kid on Christmas morning who gets a great present and they're much more happy with the box than they are with the present. God, so many times we get caught up on the box. We care about the musical style. We care about the Bible translation, God. We, we care about traditional, modern, all these man-made words that we put on stuff, God. And if that's us today, God, I pray you would help us to repent of that attitude. Because the greatest gift ever given was Jesus Christ. The greatest gift ever given was the Son of God. And God, I pray that we would be happy and we would be fulfilled with Him. God, I pray that we would have great joy in knowing Your Holy Spirit and being indwelled by Your Holy Spirit and walking step by step in the Spirit. God, make us a people who are happy with that, who are joyful with that, who are satisfied with that, Lord. And God, I would pray right now, not only for this church, but I would pray for this community and I would pray for this area, God. I, I know there are so many who are under bondage to a religious spirit today. And I pray against that, God. I plead the blood of Jesus over that. I pray that people would be set free to worship you, God, in spirit and in truth. And so, God, if you can use us to that end, I pray that's what would happen, God. And Lord, if you have to bring in somebody to, to break that down, Lord, do that. Whatever we, we need to have happen in this area, we long to see a revival. A revival of spirit, a revival of souls being saved, of people being set apart and made holy for you. And so, God, I just pray that you would come in this area. Lord, we just experienced a, a storm that messed a lot of things up, God. And uh, thank you for protection in that, and thank you for your blessings in that. But I pray that you would come in like a mighty rushing wind. I pray that you would come in like a flood. I pray that you would come in spiritually speaking, God, in such a way that nobody could deny it. Everybody would be witness to it. And even those who don't believe, even those who are skeptics, would have to proclaim that God has shown up. And God, I know we do not deserve that. There's nothing we've done that could earn that. But God, I trust in your goodness, and I trust that you want better for us than we even want for ourselves. And so, God, we would just appeal to your mercy, and we would appeal to your goodness today. We pray that you would send a revival in this area, and it would start with us. Start with me, God. Start with my family. Start with this church, God. We love you, Father, and we want to see your, your name magnified and glorified in this day. Thank you for your presence with us, God. Thank you 
that you are speaking today. Lord, I pray that you would speak. If you don't speak, there's nothing of any worth going to be said here. So, Father, I pray that the words that I speak today would be enlivened by the Holy Spirit. They would penetrate hearts, that we would be changed, and we would leave this place looking more like Jesus than we did when we came in the door. Praise Jesus. Praise his name. Thank you for his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you for the hope that we have only in him. It's in his righteous, precious, and holy name we pray. And Rushwood said together, amen. You may be seated today. Thank you for being here to worship with us. Um, I don't know if you guys, well, let's just do this. How many of you guys lost power for a little while at your house, okay? We did for, for just about 24 hours, and I know there's some that are still dealing with that, and so we're praying for those folks. And thank you for those of you who made a special effort to be here to worship with us today. Try to give you guys good news a lot of days to start out our service, and so I wanted to give you what I believe is very good news and a very big blessing for our church. Uh, when I came here in 2011 as the pastor of this church, a lot of things had gone on, church splits, church splinters, all sorts of things that had really put this church at a place where most people said it would never recover. And I can tell you right now that it wasn't because I'm such a good pastor that this church turned around. It was because God wanted to do something and had a plan still for this church and still for this congregation. And that's why we are here today and we're able to worship. Um, but one of the things that had happened to this church was financially it was very damaged. They had just enacted on a, a new building program and built this new worship center. And then right after that, like I said, splits and splinters and all sorts of things happened. And so there were financial choices made by previous leadership that have been hard to overcome and have been hard to deal with sometimes. And um, we, we came to a point where we said, you know what, something's going to have to change. We're going to have to make some changes financially here to make this church as effective as it can be in this community. And so as of this week, we were in a bond program with a really pernicious interest rate. In fact, we were going to get this church paid off and have almost as much an interest to pay off as the original loan was for, which was just a really bad deal and not sustainable going forward. God has blessed us that we are no longer in the bond business as of this week. Praise God, we are out of that. And, uh, and uh, he has blessed us that we, we have a great interest rate now, and we're going to be able to pay off this worship facility, and we're not going to have interest left over at the end to work on. And so God has really done an amazing, amazing thing for us so we can be even more effective in this community than we have been. And, you know, we, we don't like to talk about finances a whole lot because people say, that's all church is about, it's money. I mean, they don't mind going to Walmart and, and spending their money or, or go to some other place and spending their money. But if you talk about money too much in church, that's all they're about, you know. But we do praise God for his financial blessings. We do praise God that he is making a way forward. I'm not getting rich off of being the pastor here. None of our staff is getting rich off of working here. I promise you that. Um, but it's nice to know that we are more financially solvent and, and that we can go forward in a good way um, because of God's blessings. And some, some really great people helped us out on that. You guys voted a while back to sell some of the properties and houses uh, that the church had owned from previous parsonages. 
And so we're going to be able to do that. And God's just being really good to us. So um, just praise God. I, I know that didn't give you all the facts and figures, but just praise God that he is helping us out and he's helping us be good stewards of the blessings with which he's given us. So give God some more praise this morning for all of that. Our God is an awesome God. I remember back in probably the early 90s, that's one of the first modern worship songs I ever learned. I was at a youth conference, and, and they sang that song, Our God is an Awesome God, and we sang one called Step by Step, not the old uh, New Kids on the Block song, a different one than that. But anyway, uh, those were two of the first modern worship songs, and I remember hearing those and thinking, man, there's something special about that music. There's something very worshipful about that music, and so it's kind of cool all these years later that we sang that this morning. Well, today is part four of our series, Greater Than. Part four of our series, Greater Than, and I hope you've enjoyed the series so far. I want to say the same thing this morning that I did last week. We're going to go in, in mostly the video that I'm going to use to illustrate this morning has some adult-themed elements to it. It's not, it's not gory details. It's not super graphic or anything like that. I wouldn't show you that sort of thing. But there are some adult themes going on. So if you have kids here and you've not availed yourself of our Rushwood Kids program, you, if you feel like you need to do that, you can slip over there, take your kids over there, and they'll take good care of them, teach them some great things about God. And, uh, but I, I don't think that it's going to bring up a lot of questions here today, but I just wanted you to be aware up front that there are some adult themes that are brought up in the video uh, that I'll be showing as an illustration this morning. You know, the story of the Bible is largely the, the, the story of two different kinds of people. The first kind of person that the Bible talks about is the fool, the person who does not know God. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. It's a person who lives life his own way, does his, own, his or her own thing, goes their own direction. And so the Bible talks about the fool. At the same time, the Bible talks about the wise, and that's someone who has their life ordered by God, who is trying to follow God's ways, trying to live for God, and that's a, a wise person. And all throughout the Bible contrasts the foolish and the wise. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, my grandmother Swaney, if I was at her house and I used the word fool, she'd say, oh, you shouldn't say fool. You say fool, you're in danger of hellfire. Anybody else hear that growing up, or was that just me and my grandma? But she wouldn't let me. Grandma, if you're up there listening today, I'm not using this in a bad way. I'm using this in the way the Bible uses it, that a foolish person is somebody who departs from God's path, departs from his way, and that's contrasted with the wise person. All throughout the Bible, we have this story. In Genesis, you have Abel, who is doing things God's way, and you have his brother Cain, who's doing things his own way. You have Abel, who was wise. You have Cain, who was a fool. In the book of Exodus, you have a guy named Moses, who didn't start out doing things God's way, but ended up doing things God's way, coming back, trying to deliver God's people from Egypt. And so Moses was a wise man, and he's contrasted with Pharaoh, who was the most powerful man in the world, and yet he was foolish. As we go further in the Old Testament, we have a man named David, a man after God's own heart, a man that God raised up to be the king of Israel, and he's contrasted with a foolish man, a foolish king named Saul. In the pro prophetical books, you have a guy named Daniel who could see things and could interpret dreams and had all sorts of wisdom, 
And you have a king named Belshazzar who has the audacity to come against God and to use the holy things from the temple. And God finds that he is weighing, weighed in the balance, found wanting, and God removes him from power. So Daniel is the wise man. Belshazzar is the fool. And then, of course, in the New Testament, probably the ultimate example, the wisest man who ever lived, the perfect man, the God-man, Jesus, is contrasted with the Pharisees who thought they were wise and thought they knew everything, but every time they come up against Jesus, they come up on the wrong side of things against the wisdom that Jesus had. And so all throughout the Bible, you have the contrast between the wise and foolish man or the wise and foolish person. The Apostle Paul picks up the same theme in the middle of Ephesians 5, and I want us to check that out this morning. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7 through 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7 through 17. You know, we don't do this every week, but I'm just a little afraid. We had a great worship set and all, but I'm a little afraid you're getting too comfortable this morning and you're going to get settled in. And I, we, We've got some lights that are actually out we're going to have to have worked on, so it's a little dim in here, and I don't want you to get sleepy. So to combat that, I'm going to have you stand this morning as we read God's Word to honor God's Word and maybe that'll help you stay awake, and maybe that'll help you soak things in. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 through 17. You don't have to read it with me this morning. I'll just, I just want you to listen to God's word. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it's disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed to the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Praise God for his word this morning. You may be seated. Today I want to talk to you about three types of people that there are in the world. Three types of people that there are in the world. Three different stages of life if we decide to undertake all three stages the first one is the foolish the second one is the woke and I know you guys some of y'all are like that's not proper English but if these, the younger people get it okay uh, last week I know that some of you were like who's this Nicki Minaj person Brent was talking about ask some of the younger people they know about it but I'm kind of turning this thing on its head there are some people who are woke that means you're awakened for those of us who, who might be a little bit of the older generations the foolish the woke, and the third uh, type of person, third stage, is the wise. The foolish, the woke, and the wise. And by the way, we can be all three different people at different times of our lives. We can be fools. We can be awakened to the truth of God, and we can become wise through Him. Three different levels, three different places that we can be. Today, I want to start by talking to you about the foolish person, what the foolish person is like. And I'm going to bring a story in that's a video story that's going to kind of tell us and show us a, an illustration of what each of these stages in a person's life might look like. The book of Proverbs, by the way, in the Old Testament, we believe it was written by King Solomon. 
King Solomon was an extremely wise man. I said Jesus was the wisest man who ever lived. A lot of times people will say Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, but Jesus had an advantage seeing that he was God in the flesh. But Solomon was also a very wise man. He wrote the book of Proverbs to give wisdom to the young, to help people understand who God was, to help them understand the right path to go on. And the book of Proverbs teaches some things about fools. The first thing the book of Proverbs teaches about fools comes from Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7 that I want to highlight today. It says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fool says, I'm my own man. I don't have to listen to you. You can't tell me anything. I'm going to do what I want to. That's the attitude of a fool. That's the attitude of one who will not learn. It's amazing. Have you heard this saying before? It's amazing how wise your parents get from the time you're 18 years of old uh, of age until you're 28 years of age or so. All of a sudden, they, you thought they were stupid. You thought your parents didn't know anything, but then you get a little bit of life under your belt, and all of a sudden, they became wise. No, it's not that they changed. It's that you changed. But the fool despises wisdom. Somebody who is foolish, they can't learn from somebody else's mistakes. They can't learn from somebody else's instruction. They have to go through experience, and experience can be the cruelest teacher in the world. Somebody who's wise will listen to somebody as they instruct them and give them good wisdom. But the fool says, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do things my own way. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 32 says this, says, The complacency of fools will destroy them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. The fool says, I don't care. They don't even care enough to form the full, full, full words. They don't say, I don't care. They say, I don't care. Well, when I taught middle school, it was amazing how many kids would tell me, I don't care. I'd say, look, you're in art class. This is an easy class. This should be an easy grade for you. If you'll just try, if you'll just do some work, I'll give you a good grade in this class. All you have to do is try. Don't you want to try to get a good grade? I don't care. Look, you're getting in trouble. You're making bad decisions. You've been suspended three times this year, and you keep getting in fights, and you keep doing bad stuff. Why don't you just try to be good? Why don't you just try to behave? I don't care. You, look, you, you are, you are, you've, you've flunked the grade now. Okay, you're going to have to repeat seventh grade. You're going to be back here again, and the, none of us want that. But you're going to be back here again with us next year. And all you have to do is try, and all you have to do is work. And look, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up to be a dropout. You're setting yourself up that, that when you get into life, you're going to be in trouble. You're on a path that might end in prison. It might end in all sorts of things. And they look at me and say, I don't care. That's the cry of the fool. That is, and, and literally, I have students that I taught who were serving the rest of their life in prison because they killed people, and it started with the decisions that they made way back then. Way back then, they started to go down the path of the fool, and they never left it. And the Bible says the complacency of fools. They don't care about anything. They don't care about what they should care about, and it ends up in their destruction. Another thing the book of Proverbs teaches about the fool, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 9 says, Fools mock at sin. Fools mock at sin. The fool is the one who, when somebody does something stupid or evil, says, man, that stuff was hilarious, but they probably don't use the word stuff. But man, that was hilarious. That was so funny, and they laugh, and they find joy in other people's stupidity and the dumb things that they've done, and they mock at sin, and they make a joke out of sin. 
how many of our television shows, how many of our movies, how much of our music makes jokes about sin? Things that break the heart of God and they make laughter of it and they make light of it. That's, the Bible says that's what a fool does. That's what a person who has no wisdom does. They mock at sin. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. The fool says, I can't help it. That's just who I am. I just have to be me. Well, let me, let me give you a little bit of wisdom this morning. There are different versions of you that you can choose. You don't have to be a certain way. You can choose to be better today or better tomorrow than you are today. You can choose to be better next week than you are this week. You can choose to be met better two months from now than you are right now. You can choose. You can make a choice. You are defined by your choices. It's not like it's set in stone, but the fool says, my way is right in my own eyes. I can't help it. It's just who I am. I have to be me. And so they're set on a path that they will not move off of that path. And so it ends up in their own destruction. And then final one on this. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 3 says, The foolishness of man ruins his way and his heart rages against the Lord. The fool says, I don't care about God. The fool says, forget God. The fool says, I don't even believe in God. I've always wondered why people get so angry at something they don't believe in. I've never spent any time in my life being angry at unicorns. I've never just been sitting around, man, you know what I hate? I hate some unicorns. Unicorns get on my nerves. I've never been like that. Why? Because I don't believe in unicorns. But all these people who say they don't believe in God, they're angry at him, and they're angry at the people of God and those who want to serve him. Something tells me they're not really being honest with themselves. Something tells me that deep down they know there is a God and they're raging against him because they don't want to submit to him. If he is God, then by definition he's the king and you have to come under his submission and most people just don't want to submit. And so they rage against God, their heart rages against God and their foolishness ruins their way. By the way, someday, it's not going to be this morning, but someday I'm going to do a sermon, maybe five reasons to believe in God. Five reasons to believe in God because so many of our young people anymore have been brainwashed by schools, brainwashed by videos on YouTube, brainwashed by all this stuff that says you're just an idiot if you believe in God. All religious people are stupid. Some of the most brilliant people in world history have been Christians. Some of currently the most brilliant people on this earth are Christians. And so we may go there and we may talk about that. I don't have time for it this morning, but one day we'll go there and talk about probably five good reasons to believe in God. By his own admission, a guy named Ryan Reese was a fool. Out of his own mouth, by his own admission, he was a foolish man. He was a world-renowned skateboarder and skateboarding manager. He traveled the world. He made all the money that he wanted to. He owned the big house. He had every dirt bike that he wanted. He had, had all sorts of things, had all the women that he wanted. Ryan Reese was a fool. He was an extreme sports star and he lived like a foolish man. I'm going to show you a video clip, Ryan Reese explaining the life that he lived as a fool. Rich, powerful, well-known, but yet still a foolish man. I want us to watch this video clip together. This is the epitome of what a fool acts like. You want to know words that would describe my life? I would just say fun, crazy, and out of control. Wilding out. 
partying, skateboarding, going to all different countries, surfing, snowboarding, Tonga, Fiji, met with the king of Fiji, working with a lot of different bands, slept with girls, got introduced to cocaine, started shooting heroin. A lot of girls from the Deftones, Olympus, get sex addiction. Acid and Hawaiian mushrooms. Every girl was out to burn me in 50,000 watts of sound system. Used them like pieces of meat for eight hours straight. She said, I love you, I wanna be with you, but I'm, I'm gonna get an abortion. I was losing friends that were dying, putting ecstasy, heroin, and coke in syringes and shooting it while smoking crack. I started overdosing. High school's when it all started. One of my friends introduced me to the rave scene around that time in 1990. To go to like a rave, you'd have to call a number at 12 o'clock at night. Then they give you directions to a map point. So you drive out, you know, drive out in the middle of, no, I mean, somewhere in LA, just at a shop or somewhere. You show up on the corner of the street, you pay five bucks to 20 bucks, depending on the, the thing. Then they give you a little piece of paper, like a fortune cookie, <coughs> with the directions to the place, which led you to Compton. You show up in Compton or Watts in the ghetto of ghettos, like straight, like neighborhoods where you can get killed. You pull up, you park your car, you go up to this back industrial alley to this to this place, and you just hear like. hallucinating going nuts and those with the loudspeakers and nitrous balloon and you're pretty much just it's just a wild ride at that point I've had a couple friends that actually went mentally insane um, a couple guys are schizo a couple guys one guy jumped off a cliff on LSD and killed himself another guy jumped in front of a train just like I'm, I'm lucky I'm, I'm alive with the same mind at this point I grew up in Los Angeles in Southern California. I was just, you know, skateboard like a normal kid and, and surf. And when I was in first grade, I remember finding like a big duffel bag of porn magazines in the back of my school. When I got to fourth grade, I saw a video and I kind of started understanding what was going on in those pictures. It just warped things in my mind. I don't know. When I got to high school, got introduced to cocaine. It was more experimental at that time in high school, but then after high school is when it started getting more of a habit where it just turned into a routine where that's just what I did. That's just what I did, I just partied. When I started my new job, that's you know when everything took off and we were working with a lot of big name people, so a lot of opportunities opened for Playboy Mansion parties. Um, you know, the vivid porn star girls would host our parties. During the summer, we'd go to Europe for a month and a half. We'd film videos, shoot for magazines, travel with musicians and go on tour with them. And then uh, we'd do video premieres with our skate videos. I'd wake up, go to work, go skate, go get wasted. Wake up, go skate, go, or go work, go skate, get wasted. But I had the nice house, I had the, the motorcycles. I've literally done laps around the world like three to four times. And, you know, sleep with as many girls as, you know, a lot of girls and 
drugs, nothing gets me off anymore. You know, I couldn't, I was empty. It's just nothing made me happy. Then I did a tour through uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, and Panama City. And I just did cocaine the whole time. One of our team riders found me in my bed with cocaine all over my face and all over the counter, and they couldn't wake me up. They thought I OD'd. All I know is I woke up the next morning, and they said, dude, we thought you were dead last night. And at that point, I just realized I got to change my life. Would anybody make an argument that Ryan Reese wasn't living the life of a fool? Very foolish person. Hebrews chapter 11 says that sin has pleasures for a season. We say that sin has no pleasure. We're lying. We know that it does, but the Bible says it's only for a season. The pleasures of, season, uh, uh, pleasures of sin eventually will come to an end. And the book of James tells us that when sin has become full grown, you know, it starts out as a little sin, as a baby sin, but as it grows, as it develops, when it has become full grown, then sin brings forth nothing other than death. Death is the end of sin. Sin always brings death. And so the fool is on the highway to death and destruction. There is no other end. There is no other place the fool can end up. The fool is asleep at the wheel. And when a fool's asleep at the wheel of life, there's only one thing that a fool can do, and that's to wake up. That's to wake up. That's for something to jar them awake. That's for something for them to understand that there is light out there and there is hope out there. A wise person is just a fool who got woke. A wise person is just a fool who woke up. So how do we become a woke person? How do we become a person who is no longer asleep but actually knows what's actually going on? The way we do that is by finding out who God is. That's the key to it all is finding out who God is. You have to understand there is a world behind this world. There's a world that we can't see right now. Right now as we speak in this room, we can't see them, but there could be evil spirits, there could be angels at work, but above all there is a Holy Spirit and there is a God who's behind it all. And we think that that world is less real than this world. No, that world created this world. In a in point of fact, it's probably that world is more real than this world. It's more permanent than this world. And so we, we become woke, we, we wake up by finding out who God is. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When you find out who God is, the light suddenly comes on, and then things begin to change. I want us to watch the second part of Ryan Reese's testimony. Listen as he describes how he woke up from his foolishness, his foolish lifestyle. Let's watch together. All over my face and all over the counter, and they couldn't wake me up. They thought I OD'd. All I know is I woke up the next morning, and they said, dude, we thought you were dead last night. And at that point, I just realized I got to change my life. I went to my hotel room. And I was uh, by myself for the first time and sober for the first time in at least a month and a half to two months. And I was in Panama City at the Sheraton Hotel and I just remember going, Jesus, if you're real, I need you to prove that you're real to me. 
And I just, I remember this prayer my dad would say, just say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I said that prayer. I said, prove that you're real to me because I see religion around me. I see my parents and these Christians and I don't relate to them. And I remember going, well, okay, well, what, what can I do now? I said, I need to like read the Bible, right? And I start looking through the, the Panama drawers. There has to be a Bible in the hotel room. They have Bibles all over the world. I'd always see them. And I'd always be like, yeah, you know? I open it up, there's a blue Bible there. It's a Gideon Bible, pull it out. I'd start reading it. I was waiting for this supernatural experience. You know, I've taken a lot of drugs, I've seen a lot of stuff, and I thought that God was gonna show up in his heavenly glory with angels and whatnot, but that didn't happen. So I got the Bible, I stole it from the hotel, I put it in my backpack, got on the plane, and I was surrounded by all the skate team, and they were looking at me, and they must have been tripping because they're like, this guy, is a, he lives his life like a pirate. And I just remember looking at him saying, you know what? If God's real, I'm gonna find him because he's in this book, this is God's word. So I just read that Bible, that Gideon Bible for six hours straight, all the way to LAX. And I remember I landed and I just had peace in my life for the first time in my life, I think. I just felt peace. The next morning I wake up, I hear this song singing through my head. I remember just getting up out of my bed and opening my eyes and I was just, and I hear the song singing, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in him. And it kept repeating over and over. It's just like this little song. I'm tripping out at this point, and I'm like, I gotta call my dad. My dad's a Christian. He could tell me what this means. I call him up, I'm like, hey, dad. I'm like, dude, I gave my life to the Lord in Panama City. You know, I go, I'm coming off drugs. I go, I, I, I have a, a, a heroin addiction, smoking crack, and using a lot of cocaine and drinking a lot. And I said, but I gave my life to Jesus in the hotel room. But the problem is, I woke up this morning, and I hear this song singing through my head. This is the day the Lord has made. And he said, Ryan, that's the Holy Spirit, and God is calling you, and he has a plan for your life. And at that point, I knew that God was real. cry out to God, he'll show up. If you're tired of living like a fool, God will come into your life and he will totally change that life. Ryan Reese's testimony is that God came in and has totally changed his life around. We're all fools when we're born, but through Jesus we can wake up. And then after God wakes us up, he begins to make us wise in Jesus Christ. Fool, woke up, and then wise. What are some of the traits of the wise man or the wise woman? Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 tells us this. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. I was talking to a young lady just the other day and she was talking about this church. And she said, I'm so thankful that this church tries to reach younger people. She said, I'm so thankful that she said, you know, church I used to go to, I'd fall asleep. She said, I don't fall asleep in this church. I'm so thankful that you're trying to reach younger people, that you're trying to have something for younger people here. And she said, I'm also thankful that you expect us to change, but you don't expect us to change overnight. You give us time to grow. You pray for us. You walk with us. But you don't say, one day you're going to be this way, and one day everything's going to be worked out. No, you give us time to grow here at this church. And so I, I was very 
proud that that's what is said about our church, that yes, we expect that God will change people. Yes, we expect they need to be different than they were than when they came to Jesus, but we do believe it's a process. We do believe that it takes time to grow. It takes time to change. When I was a kid, I used to sing this little song, He's Still Working on Me to Make Me What I Ought to Be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and uh, universe and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. And guess what? I'm 38 years old and he's still working on me. He's still working on me, but he will get me there because that's what our loving father does. A wise person keeps growing. A wise person keeps changing. A wise person follows God from glory to glory to glory. Proverbs 11.30 tells us, he who is wise wins souls. The wise person wants to share what they've found. If you really have experienced Jesus Christ, if he's really in your life, you're not going to want to keep it to yourself. You're going to want to tell everybody about the good thing you found. And I know it's tough, and I know that's intimidating sometimes, and I know a lot of times we say, well, I just don't know enough yet. Do you know Jesus? You know Jesus, that's enough. That's enough for you to go and share. Look, if I had a cure for cancer, I would not keep that to myself. If there was a cure that would, if there was a drug that would work for every type of cancer, uh, any type of cancer that comes on somebody and it worked 100% guaranteed and I had that in my life and it had cured me, I would not keep it to myself. I'd go tell everybody, hey man, you got you to gotta do this. This will fix you. This will cure you. Well, sin is worse than cancer. Sin is worse than any other disease and there's no way I'm going to keep the cure of Jesus Christ to myself. So a wise person wins souls. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 16 says, A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil. We talked last week about danger spots. A wise person runs away from danger spots and not to them. If there's something you know is a temptation for you, don't go near that thing. Go away from that thing. We all have weaknesses. We all have things that Satan can more easily, easily entrap us in than other things. Stay away from those things. Move away from those things. Be cautious and turn away from evil. There's always a choice to turn toward evil or away from evil. The wise man turns away. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 24 says, The path of life leads upward for the wise. The path of life leads upward for the wise. In other words, as you follow Jesus, life gets better. I didn't say it gets easier. I didn't say there's no problems, no heartache, no pain. There's nothing that will come against you. Sometimes when you come to know Jesus, it's worse for a while. seems like the devil attacks you more and life attacks you more. It's not, I'm not going to stand up here this morning and preach to you that if you come to Jesus, all your problems in life will be solved. I'm not going to say that. I've been serving Jesus for a long time, and there's still problems that come into my life. But I know who, one who can get me through those problems. And I know one that at the end of all things is ultimately going to solve all my problems. One day I'm going to leave this body. One day I'm going to leave this world, and I'm going to be in his glory and in his presence, and there won't be any more problems. There won't be any more suffering or pain. But until that day, I am on an upward trajectory with him. Until that day, my life improves. Until that day, because I'm wise in Christ, not in myself, but in Christ, the path of life leads upward for me. I want to show you the end of Ryan Reese's testimony. And y'all, just be honest, this is very raw. This is very real. 
He's sharing some things here that a lot of people would not share, but that's one of the reasons I like this and one of the reasons I think this testimony is effective. And so just know up front, he's going to share some real things, and he's not going to be super graphic, but he's going to go there on some things that a lot of people want. But I want you to notice the progression in his life. I want you to notice how he talks about since he's known Jesus, how things have gotten better, how the trajectory of his life is not downward anymore, but it's upward. Let's watch this part of the testimony together. And at that point, I knew that God was real. I just started following him, reading, praying, going to church. I decided I'm not gonna sleep with girls because, you know, I know it's in the Bible that I shouldn't be like sleeping with girls. I'm not using drugs, I'm going to church, but I'm watching porn because I'm like, no one knows about that. It's a secret, secret deal. But as, as I'm going to church, God's working in my life. He's transforming my mind and my heart. And all of a sudden I come to this verse in Matthew and it talks about Jesus said to the disciple, he said, if you want to be my followers, you got to turn from your selfish ways, pick up your cross and follow me. My porn problem and the things I want to do, I got to grab that and throw it on the cross and crucify it and kill it. Just the way uh, Jesus hung on the cross with his flesh and, and died for our sins. My flesh has to die on that cross. I got to follow Jesus. So I stopped watching porn and I start, you know, every night I go home, the, the, you know, I'm getting these thoughts of watching porn, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in my life. I'm praying to God, I'm like yelling at God, like God, help me, help me. I don't wanna watch porn, Lord, I wanna follow you. I don't want to, to, to say something and do something else. I wanna be like you, I wanna be like the disciples. And I just start following Jesus. And then an opportunity comes up that, you know, that I can go to Israel and I'm like, I wanna go to the Holy Land. I wanna go see where Jesus walked. I wanna, I want, I'm going through the Bible, I wanna know. So I call Sonny Sandoval, the lead singer from POD, and said, hey, dog, I'm a, I'm a Christian now, and I'm going to Israel, and do you want to roll out? A couple days later, we ended up in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus prayed to the Father, and Pancho Juarez gave this story. He said, you guys, you go make peace with Jesus, and you go get rid of whatever you got to get rid of and leave all that baggage here at the Garden. going out there to the garden and I just prayed I said God I said I don't know what you need to do with me I don't even know what you can do with me who am I? Like, I I don't even know how I can serve you but I said if you want me to follow you and you want to use me and you want me to share my story then have someone contact me outside of my immediate circle to have me share my story. And if you call me out, then I'll go and I'll share my story and I will not go back to, the, to, the, um, to my old job and I will follow you wherever that takes me. And I said that prayer and I happened to get a phone call the next day. It was this guy, Derek Nider in Calvary Chapel, um, Las Vegas, and he said, hey man, I would love for you to come out and share your story at my church. I heard you got saved. And I was like, 
yeah, I'll come. I'll come. But after I hung up the phone, I was just like, I was just joking, Jesus. That was a joke. I didn't know that I, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to happen. been five and a half years since I watched it, but I'm going to be honest, like over the last four years, it's been brutal. You know, I've come home and I'm a single man and, you know, I'll get those thoughts like, go turn on your computer, go turn, hit the button, go to Safari, go for it. But when I started hearing that stuff, the Holy Spirit is like, no, don't do that. I actually walked into a liquor store the other day and I saw all these porn magazines. I looked over and immediately I, l I looked away. And I was like, dude, I can't believe I just looked away. <laughs> because Jesus says that you become a new creation in Christ. God renews your mind. You want to know words that would describe my life? I would say, I'm not perfect. I don't have everything figured out. Completely rough around the edges, but I know that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and I'm gonna follow him in whatever he does in my life. My name is Ryan Reese and I am second. Let's give it up to the Lord for how he can transform a person. Part of what was not shared in Ryan's testimony, this was filmed a few years ago, when Ryan was in his wild stage, he had a girlfriend who actually aborted three of his children, uh, one single child and then twins. And so as you can see in this testimony, at that point Ryan was single and he was praying that God would send him a Christian wife. And so uh, this, is, this is Ryan Reese and this is Crystal Reese, his wife, that God sent him. And that's one of the three kids that they have together. And uh, Ryan said that it's, God was so good that they had triplets. And he said one of the children was not identical, but the other two were. And he said God replaced what Satan had stolen in, in one time, in one pregnancy, and restored his family. And so he, Ryan and Crystal traveled the world. And amazingly, um, Ryan Reese, as he travels and he preaches the gospel, they say when he goes to a school, he has about a 95% conversion rate of those kids that show up and listen to his story. And so God has used this young man in just a powerful, powerful way. But I want to leave you with a question today. Where are you at in all this? Are you in the foolish stage? Are you a fool in life? Are you going your own way? Are you doing your own thing? Is that where you are? Are you at a place today where you'd like to wake up? And you'd like to really know who God is and you'd like to really experience him. Maybe you're here today and, you know, you've come to church. Maybe you've grown up in church. Maybe at one point you were walking with Jesus, but you've, you've walked away from that. You've moved away from that. Or maybe you've never had a real experience with Jesus. You've never made a decision to follow him. Got good news for you. Today can be your day. Today can be the day where you decide that you're going to follow Jesus now and for the rest of your life. And you put your eternity in his hands. Today can be the day that you make that decision and I promise you, you won't regret it. 
I promise you, if you decide to follow Jesus Christ, if you decide to go all in with him, you will not regret that decision. Or maybe you're somebody and you, you have been awakened, but you're still struggling and you need more wisdom in your life. You need to grow with God. Yes, you know you're saved and you know you're walking with Jesus and you know he's your savior, but maybe you're like Ryan Reese was when he went to the garden and there's some things you need to leave behind. Well, we're not at the Garden of Gethsemane this morning, but we're at a place where you could come up here this morning and you could leave some things up here and you could walk away and you could say, I'm never going back to that stuff again. And you could give some things over to God. Maybe that's where you are right now. Those are probably the two places that need to be dealt with. Somebody who doesn't know Jesus or has walked away from Jesus or maybe somebody who's got some stuff going on in their life they just need to get past. They just need to get rid of some things they need to leave behind. Or, or maybe you would just say, you know what, there's nothing big in my life. There's no sin that's really bothering me. I just want to go deeper with Christ. I just want to go further than I've ever gone before. I want to be experience more of his wisdom, more of who he is. I'm going to ask if you'll stand this morning, and our worship team is going to lead us in a final song, and this final song is going to be an altar call as well. And so I'd like to ask if you're somebody who needs to give your life to Jesus, you need to make that decision to follow him. You need that wake-up moment like Ryan Reese had. I'm going to ask that you come and you would bow at these front steps. And if physically you can't bow at these front steps, I'd like to ask that you would come and you would sit on the front row over here. Just so we know that's the decision that you're making this morning. I invite you, but please bow or sit down, those of you who are saying, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus from this point of my life on. And anybody else who needs to come up here during this song, maybe you just need more wisdom or you got something you need to leave here and you're going to walk out of this room today without that thing and you're going to leave it behind. You're going to give it over to Jesus. It's a, it's a mess in your life. It's a problem in your life. And you're just going to leave it here. If that's you, I want you to come and stand and pray and sing. But I want to know the difference. I want to know if, the, if you're bowing down, if you're kneeling here, that means you're giving your life to Jesus. If you're standing here, it means you want to stand for him even better than you ever had before. And during this song, as we sing this song, we're just going to sing it through one time. We're not going to go over it time and time again. Nothing manipulative like that. We're inviting you to come. So if the Lord is speaking to your heart, do that today. The Lord is speaking to your heart, move. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss what God is doing. As Jesus is passing by, there's healing, there's hope, there's everything you need in Jesus Christ. We invite you to come. Yes, worship with us this morning, but also if you need to come and pray and do business with God.
trying to decide if you wanted to come up here or not, and you wish you would have now, you still can come up for this final prayer. You still can move out. I, I believe God's probably working on somebody else's heart because in a group this size, I don't really believe this is the only people who know, need to go deeper. I don't believe this is the only people who need more wisdom. I believe we all could use more wisdom. I believe we could all leave some things behind. So if that's you and you need to move out, just step right out at this moment. And, uh, and you can join in this final prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, God. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would take us deeper, further, higher than we've ever been before. God, we thank you for the trajectory that you have set our life on through the wisdom of Jesus Christ. Through the change that he's brought in our life. Father, we thank you that at one point we were dead in our sins and trespasses. But now we have been brought to life through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for these who stepped out and said, I, I need to rededicate my life, or I need more wisdom in my life, or there's some junk I need to leave behind, God. And they came here to do business with you today, and I pray, God, that they would not leave unchanged and they would not leave disappointed. But, God, you would do something mighty in their lives, God. I pray for those who might have been wrestling with the idea of stepping out and and proclaiming that they need more of you, God, but they just couldn't quite bring themselves to do it. I pray that you would continue to work on them, soften their heart, and God, continue to speak to all of us. Each and every one of us, God, I pray that you would show us how we can be more like Jesus. You would help us confess things to you, repent of things that might be in our lives. God, turn them all over to you. And God, if nothing else, I pray that you would make us a people who have a burden for lost souls have a burden for those who don't know you. Father, if we can't remember the last time we talked to a lost person about you, then God, it's been too long. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us a burden for those who are going down the path of the foolish. But God, through Jesus Christ and through your spirit, they can easily be set on the path of wisdom, a path that leads to everlasting life through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you are here this morning. We thank you that you are working, you are moving. Pour out your blessings upon us, God. But we know when we receive blessings from you, they're not just to be kept to ourselves, God, but you bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. And we pray that you would help us to be a blessing to others in this community, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families, God. Use us, let us be your hands and feet. Father, we love you. We praise you for your presence here. Go with us. Help us to be sold out to you. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things, and we all said together, amen. As you leave this morning, remember our giving boxes if you need to utilize those. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I hope you have a great week. Thank you for worshiping with us today.